Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. This morning, I want to thank you for being here again. And I uh, hope you're here ready to receive the word of God. I feel like God's got me ready to deliver the word. Uh, I've titled my message today, Stay on Fire. Stay on Fire. And the Bible commands us to stay on fire. You know, God's word tells us that we're to need, we need to be on fire for him. And I'm going to pull a scripture and share with you today why we need to be on fire for God and what happens when we're on fire for God. But we need to stay on fire. And if God's word tells us to, that we need to stay on fire, in other words, we need to fan the flame in our life, if we need to stay on fire, that must be an indication that we can lose the fire. And I know sometimes in my own life, there's been times where I felt like maybe the flames have been flickering a little bit and, and I needed to come along and start fanning those flames again and get the fire going again. And I know I've, I've encountered people who at one time were on fire for God and, and you saw God using them in a mighty way, but for whatever reason, they didn't stay on fire and they lost the fire and now you don't even see them in church anymore. People who will look you in the face and tell you that I'm never going back to that old lifestyle. I'm never going back that way again. I love the Lord. I'm going to serve him. And then months down the road, you never see them again. They lost the fire. Come on, church. They lost the fire. So before I preach, I want you just to stop right there where you're at. And I'm going to join you. And I want to pray for your heart right now. That every one of us in here today, in the name of Jesus, would have a heart of fire. Because, listen, we can't go back. We can't shrink back. We got to keep going on fire for God. So let's pray right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, just set us ablaze right now. I pray for every single heart that's gathered here today. Lord, only you can touch them. Oh, Holy Spirit, only you can fill them. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would just begin to work and feel and set on fire and stir the flame in the hearts of every Christian here today, God. I pray, Lord, that your perfect will would be done, God, over their life. And we need you more than ever, God. Help us as a church. Help us as a church to stay on fire, God, for you and for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Stay on fire for God. I know as a pastor, you think, well, you know, there's a lot of fire there, but you got to always be stirring that fire in your life. Uh, everybody, whether you're a pastor or just an, a Christian, whoever you are, if you're serving God, you need to start a fire. Yesterday morning, uh, I know for my own self, I, I want to be on fire. I can't remember who the uh, evangelist was, but he said he wanted to be on fire and stand before the people so they could watch him burn. And I gathered around this altar yesterday morning praying for you all, praying for the service, but most of all praying that as the pastor of this church that I will always stay on fire for God. I will always stay on fire for God. And I hope that's your prayer as well, that you would stay on fire and that fire would begin to spread into every life here today. And we find out something here about what God's word says about staying on fire in 2 Timothy 
uh, chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, if you will open up to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, uh, just to uh, make sure that we keep this passage in context. This is the Apostle Paul, probably the greatest Christian to ever live, wrote the majority of the New Testament. He's here in his life, and he knows he's in his final days, and he's writing this letter to his young son in the faith, Timothy, who is now a pastor. He's encouraging Timothy, the pastor. And these words that he gives to Timothy are probably some of his final words. So Timothy needs to pay close attention to what Paul is saying to him. And, and friend, we need to pay close attention as well to what God is wanting to say to us today. So here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, this is what Paul talks to Timothy about in this letter. Starting in verse 1, he says, identifying himself, Paul does, he says, I'm Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. It wasn't worked up by man. He's the apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. According to the promises of, the, of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I've been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I'm persuaded now lives in you. That tells me right there that parents and grandparents have an influence on their children when it comes to having faith in God. And then this is the focus here of my message today where I believe God really wants to speak to our hearts in verse six. Paul tells Timothy these words. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. For this reason, I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. At some point in time when, when Timothy was being ordained as the pastor of the church he was leading, uh, evidently the apostle Paul was laying hands on young Timothy to ordain him and when he was laying hands on him to pray for him, the gift of the Holy Spirit was imparted to him. It says, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. And then it says in verse seven, for God does not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a, a spirit of power, say power. power. A spirit of power and of love, say love. love. And of self-discipline or self-control, say self-control. Self In this passage here, that Paul is writing this, this letter really, but mainly in these first uh, seven verses, Paul is very intense in writing this letter because the reason why it was God's people they were living in some very difficult times and Paul knew that his time was about up and his departure was near. So he's writing this letter with some, with some passion. He's writing this letter to young Timothy with some intensity. Listen, Timothy, I'm about to leave. Don't you miss what I'm about to tell you. He says, I'm reminding you that you're going into the last days and when you go into the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. 
And if you keep reading over into uh, chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, and I'm going to paraphrase for the sake of time, Paul tells Timothy in chapter 3, he says, listen, Timothy, in the last days, these difficult times that you're going into, people are going to be lovers of themselves. They're going to be lovers of money. They're going to be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They're going to have some kind of form of godliness, but they're going to be denying the power of God. He says, Timothy, have nothing to do with these people. In other words, in the last days, listen to me, people, will go, they're going to love self, they're going to love pleasures, and they're going to love false teaching. In the last days, people are going to be all about self, people are all going to be about how much material things they can get for pleasure, and people are going to be searching for false teaching. And church, I'm telling you today, you look in our culture, and you look at the church in America today, we are there. I'm talking about God's people. God's people who are, are focused on self. It's all about you and nobody else. I'm talking about God's people looking to see how much they can acquire and how much they can get and never once really going back and thanking God for what he's done for them. I'm talking about a people who are chasing after a, a, a false religion, false teaching. We see that today all over different places. We got people now taking the word of God and twisting it, forming their own religion. We got people now that are coming to church and they're playing religion and playing church, but there's no power in their life. So Paul is warning young Timothy about these things that in the last days, there's going to be people that are going to be focused entirely on their self and there's going to be people that are chasing after the pleasures of the world and they're going to create their own false teaching to, to tickle their ears. Let me tell you something, friend. We, we need to be ready for these things in these last days. And, and the Bible tells us that God's people in these last days, they're going to be focused more on themselves than they are Christ and in doing the will of God. And listen to me. God's will is everything for you. Please listen to the preacher that God's will for your life is everything. No, no matter, listen, I know we all have aspirations for a career here. We all have aspirations to dreams to accomplish this. But the will of God should be the priority over everything in our life. Hallelujah. The will of God. It's the most important thing in our life is the will of God. And for whatever reason, Paul was concerned about Timothy that Timothy was going through so much that he might forget that the only thing that really matters in life is the will of God. So he writes this letter because Timothy, he's, he's, he's concerned about Timothy because Timothy has become fearful in his life. He's beginning to fear things because the life that he's living in now, the season of life he is, he's in becomes rough and tough. And I honestly feel, I really do, and I don't want to stand up here and claim this is some kind of prophetic word, but I honestly feel like in America, coming sooner than later, potentially, that we're going to face some rough and tough seasons as Christians right here in America. I'm telling you, friend, I'm telling you, be ready. You got to be ready. That's why it's so important for us to stay on fire for God. 
That's why we need to be ready at all times to do the will of God, no matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice. Listen to me. Every preacher of the gospel needs to be on fire for God and be ready to stand for the truth. Every Christian needs to be on fire for God and be ready to stand for the truth, even if it means persecution, even if it means fines, even if it means going to jail. Every one of us should be on fire and ready to stand for the truth. It's happening all across the world today and it's going to be coming to America. They may be a day, they may be a day when they try to censor what we can preach from the word and they may pull the pastor out of the pulpit and he may be pulled away and when he's pulled away, I pray somebody out of the choir come up here and grab a Bible and start preaching. When they snatch the one from the choir away, maybe the usher will come, he'll start preaching and then they'll take him away, maybe somebody else will stand up. They're not going to silence us. We're going to speak and stand up for God. Hallelujah. I pray that it will go down in the pages of the history of Mile First PH Church that we never back down, that we did the will of God no matter the cost, and that this church, you and you and you and me, we stayed on fire for God no matter the cost. We stayed on fire for God. God set us on fire. And Timothy, boy, he was facing some pressures and challenges in life like many of you here today. Challenges with your families, challenges in the home, challenges and with relationships and financial challenges, maybe some health challenges. All of us face some uh, pressures and challenges in life like Timothy. But Paul told Timothy, he says, listen to me, Timothy, please listen to me in this letter. If you're going to make it in life, son, if you're going to succeed and push through these challenges and these pressures in life, you need to make sure that your heart always stays on fire for God. You're always going to be at your best when you're on fire for God. So God help us to stay on fire in the trials and in the troubles. May we have a heart that's on fire for God. That's been my prayer, that we would be on fire for God. How many of you want a heart that's on fire for God? Come on, come on, yes. Hallelujah. So let's get real practical here then. Let's come back to Realville. How do we know that we're on fire for God. We asked that question today. How do we know when we're truly on fire for God? Well, Paul tells Timothy that there's gonna be certain signs that are gonna manifest themselves in your life and that are gonna indicate that you're on fire for God. He says, I want you to fan the flame. I want your heart to stay on fire for God. And when you do that, these signs here are gonna manifest themselves and that's how you'll know that you're on fire for God. So what do we find those things that will manifest? And we find it in verse 7 when Paul told Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of self-control. Say it again, power, power. love, love. self-control. Self How do we stay on fire? You can put that up there for me. I got them all listed there. Paul says when you're on fire for God, there'll be a flame of power that will show in your life. God has given all of us, especially he reminds Timothy, the power to walk through some rough and tough times. And that power that he gave to Timothy is the same power available to each and every one of us today. You remember when Jesus said these words here, I'm preaching to you the word of God. 
This is applicable to your life today. You can apply this to your life, friend. These promises are from God. He says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You're going to receive power. Friend, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Listen to me. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the empty tomb. But thank God today for the empowering work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Aren't you grateful today for that work of the Holy Spirit? When you have God's power, you have a boldness in your life. Listen, how do I know I'm on fire for God? There's going to be power that's going to be manifested out of my life. You want to know if you're on fire for God? Is there some power being manifested out of your life? Are you walking in boldness? No longer afraid of what people may say or what might be going on, but now you have a, a, a bold courage. Do you know the Bible says that the righteous are bold as lions? So we have power now to be bold. We can walk and be a bold witness for Christ in the world. We can, we can pray with bold faith for healing and deliverance and salvation. We can pray with boldness. When, you, when you're on fire for God, there will, be a, there will be a power that's manifested out of your life. I was praying for this service and the Lord took me back to something that happened to Lisa and I just a few weeks ago. I shared it on a Wednesday night. If you heard it, I'm sorry. It's my message. I'll, I'll preach it again. Listen. Not this past Tuesday, but the Tuesday before was probably one of the most challenging times in my life, to be honest with you. We had the lady we've been praying for here at the church, waiting to the lung transplant. Everything kind of went downhill real quick. The husband calls. They need to make decisions on whether they take her off the life support machine. We go up there. We get the kids there. We gather in the hospital room around her. They're saying their final goodbyes, a husband to a 37-year-old lady. Uh, a 16-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter, uh, just tears pouring out right there all around the bedside. I mean, uh, I mean, all hope's gone. The doctors have told her there's nothing else they can do, and they're there, and they're saying their final goodbyes, and we're all in there, and we're, we're praying, and we're reading the Word of God together, and we're trying to encourage one another, and, and we all walk out of the room, and we go to a little lobby, and the husband goes in there, and he just... He, he breaks down, and, but before it's all over with, he gives his life to Jesus right there in the hospital. We praise the Lord. And it's getting late into the night. It's going on about 10.30 that evening, and, and we're there at the hospital at UNC, and, and Lisa and I, we walk out of the, uh, the, uh, the room there away from the family just to get back to uh, our home here in Calypso. And Man, I'm going to tell you, dude, when I was walking through that hospital, I had had about all I could take. And I know that family had, but man, you just sit there and you're pouring yourself out and you're going through these things with these people and, and you don't go through it numb, friend. You're right there with them. And we're walking there and we walk out of the hospital. We walk from one room where a lady's about to die and we walk downstairs and as we're walking out of the hospital, we get behind this Indian man. I'm talking about a man from India. And he's got his, like an older lady with him. She's wrapped all up in the clothes like they would wear and then a little young two-year-old daughter with him. And he's kind of frantic. And as we walk by him, he's like, sir, 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 sir. And I'm like, what, what is it? And he was like, what, what do I do with my car? My car's right here and I can't leave it right here. And, I'm, and come to find out his wife was pregnant. She's due in August and she was in labor then. And he had brought her in and checked her into the hospital and he was trying to move his car 
And I was like, you can't leave your car there. The parking deck's way over there on the other side of the road, right over. I could point to it. And I said, how can we help? And he said, you, you, you drive my car. I'm talking about boldness and courage. And I look at him and I look at my wife, Lisa, and Lisa knows I'm a little bit more bold than she is. And I look at her and I say, you stay right there and I'll be right back. He says, no, 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 she go too. So we, we get in this man's car. He leaves the older lady behind on a bench there and the little two-year-old girl is in his arms and we get in the car and he's got a little small uh, compact SUV and he wants me to drive and he's a little short man about this tall and, and I get in the front seat and my knees are around my ears right here <laughs> and he jumps out and he's trying to pull the seat. I'm like, it's okay, man. We're only going right across the street over there and I look on the dash and he's got this big gold statue. I don't even know what it was, whatever he worships. They're on the dash. And we got in the car and drove him over there to the parking deck. And when we got out of the car, he was all over the place. So you could just tell he was shaking because of the situation with his wife. And I pointed to the direction that he needed to go back to the hospital. And he looked at me with his little two-year-old daughter in his arms. He said, sir, would you please pray for me? So me and Lisa grabbed him by the hand and grabbed that two-year-old little girl. And we started praying in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus move in this lady's life. Jesus watch over this baby. God, just move, oh Lord. Be glorified in all of it. And we finished praying and he said thank you and he took off running back toward the hospital. Friend, I'm just telling you, if you'd have, if you'd have met me before I was a Christian, I'd have never gotten that man's car. I know my wife wouldn't have. I'm just telling you, God will give you power to have boldness so you can pray and bring glory to him. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He lives inside of us and he gives us the power of God. Listen, I know we go through challenges. I know we go through pressures in life. But when you're going through it, the power of God can be manifested when your heart's on fire for God. But your heart's got to be on fire. Because when your heart's on fire, you can overcome every obstacle. You can overcome every challenge. And guess what? Jesus gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. When, you're, when, when power's being manifested out of your life, people are going to look at you and they're going to say, how in the world, how in the world did you get through that mess? How in the world did you overcome that obstacle in your life? How in the world did you make it through that storm? How in the world did you make it through that battle? And your response can be that God, his power was made perfect in my weakness. Your reply can be, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. See, friend, God gets all the glory and gets all the praise. Hallelujah. So we gotta stay on fire for God so we can have the power of God to overcome the obstacles in our life and so we can do the will of God. The second thing that Paul said that would uh, manifest in our life would be the flame of love, that the flame of love would show up in our life. Paul said to Timothy, look, you need to stay on fire for God so you'll have the love of God in your life. The Bible says do everything in love. Now, this word love here in 2 Timothy, if you study it, it's the word agape love. And that word agape is the same love word that's used in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. In other words, Paul's telling Timothy, if you stay on fire for me, if you will stay on fire, keep your heart on fire, you can love like God loves. You can love the way God loves, and God loves with an unconditional love. He loves with an undeserving love. 
When you love like God loves, you can love the lost. You can love the unlovable. You can even love your enemy. Ooh. Why did he have to put that in there? Stay on fire so you can have an unconditional love, even for those that are persecutors against you. You can love the unlovable. You can love the lost. Listen, I know, I know, believe me, I know, it's not always easy to love people. If we're all honest here this morning, I guarantee you there's some love challenges in our life right now. Come on. There's some love challenges in our life. It might be a love challenge in your marriage right now. It might be a love challenge with a family member. It might be a love challenge with a friend. It might be a love challenge with a coworker. But Jesus said, listen, keep your heart on fire for God and you can love them the way I love them and you can love them with an unconditional, undeserving love. And the only way you can do it, friend, is to make sure you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've noticed in the news uh, here recently, uh, about the uh, spiritual awakening going on in a Texas prison. Can you put that picture up for me? I loaded. This is uh, a prison in Texas, Cofield Prison. How many of y'all have ever heard of uh, Gateway Church uh, Pastor Robert Morris? Have you ever heard of Robert Morris? Robert Morris, his church planted a church inside of this prison, and there's been just a great move of God going on inside of this prison. People's hearts are being touched and, and these inmates, they're, they're, they're placing their faith in Jesus Christ and then listen to what they're doing. They're turning around after they place their faith in Jesus. I'm talking about rival gang members in the prison. Rival gang members that were killing one another, fighting one another. They're in there as rivals. They're going into these services and the Lord is moving in a powerful way and they're placing their faith in Jesus and these rivals are turning around and getting into the baptistry together and they're baptizing one another in the name of the Lord. They're, listen, they're actually risking their life now that they've placed their faith and they go back into the population of the prison. Words got out. Now they're Christians. Now they're no longer rivals. You know why that is? Because now their heart is on fire for God and there's a heart of love and no longer one of violence, no one of hatred, but a heart of God's love going on now inside of each and every one of them. Man, listen to me, church. A heart on fire for God will be a loving heart to everyone. A heart on fire for God will be a loving heart to everyone. Say everyone. 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 The cashier at Walmart. The one at the McDonald's drive-thru. Everyone. God wants us to have a heart of love for everyone. Man, listen, if you, if, you, if you want to know if you're on fire for God, you will walk in power and you will have a heart that will manifest love to everyone. And then finally, Paul said, if you're on fire, the flame of self-control, that will be an indicator that you're on fire for God. Paul was telling Timothy, listen, Timothy, I know you got a lot of stress going on in your life, but you got to stay on fire for God so you can have self-control. Self-control over the temptations and self-control over the pressures to give in and to quit and to give up. That self-control will help you uh, master your walk with the Lord. And no doubt, we live in a stressful world. Can I get an amen? amen. And some of you are stress experts. 
But I want you to know, listen, that's why you need to stay on fire for God and have self-control so you can withstand the stresses that you face in life. Self-control. Let me just go ahead and encourage you right now. A heart on fire for God will always know that Jesus is going to be right there with you, whatever you're going through in your life. You don't have to cave into the pressures of the world. You don't have to cave into the temptations of the world. You don't have to live in fear because the Holy Spirit is in you. And the Holy Spirit will help you through the pressures and the stresses of life. And many of you, not in this church, another church, are living some very stressful lives. But listen to me, friend. Some people are so stressed out, they're about to throw in the towel and they're about to quit. And I'm here to tell you today that the devil was a liar. God is with you. God is on your side. The Holy Spirit will give you the victory. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will help you live out a life of holiness. The Holy Spirit will set you free from those things we were singing about. The Holy Spirit will set you free. He will give you self-control. When you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells you and then he comes to empower you as he fills you, as you're baptized with the Holy Spirit and now you have self-control in your life. You know how I know? When I, listen, I was in the Navy for four years. You know what they say about sailors? They cuss like a sailor. I don't cuss like I used to cuss. I don't cuss at all because Jesus is inside of my heart. I don't go back to the cigarettes. I don't go back to the drugs and alcohol. I don't go back to the old lifestyle. Nothing can pull me away because the Holy Spirit's in me and he gives me self-control to keep walking with him with my eyes on Jesus. There's a lot of people today, they just need the Lord to give them some self-control. They need to let the Lord help me today. Quit doing it on your own. Stay on fire for God. Did I say I didn't cuss much? Somebody will let me know later. I don't cuss at all, but I know one time I had a filthy mouth and the Lord cleaned it up. I'm just telling you right now, you stay on fire for God and the Holy Spirit will come and he will, he will help you walk a life of holiness. Amen. He will do it. Amen. It can be done through the power of God. And it's all because you bring glory to God with your life. Let me ask you this morning, where's your fire? Sir, where's your fire? Ma'am, where's, where's your fire? How do you know if you're on fire? Is power being manifested out of your life? Is, is love being manifested from your life? Is, is self-control evident in your life? Where's the power? Where's the fire in your life today? I know many of us, we can struggle with it, and sometimes it feels like the fire is about to go out, but like Paul, Paul told Timothy, friend, you got to fan the flame. you got to stir it up. you got to get down there and blow on it. you got to do something to keep the fire going. And some of us had the fire one time. It needs to be reignited again. Come on, church. He's telling us, God is telling us today like he told Timothy through Paul, don't let the fire go out in your life. Do not let the fire go out in your life. Listen, walk in power, walk in love, walk with self-control. That's the only way you're going to be able to succeed in life is to make sure the fire, the Holy Spirit is in you and it's burning. Romans 12, 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. How's your zeal with the Lord? How's your fervor with the Lord? Are you cold this morning? Are you lukewarm? He said, I'll spit you out. He wants somebody with a heart on fire. Yeah. 
God, make my heart burn. God, make it burn for you. Stir the fire, fan the flame. Whatever you got to do, God, I want to burn. I want to burn with a passion for the things of God. I want to be in the will of God every day, God. Please, Lord, help us as a church to burn so we can stand for the glory of God. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come. How many of y'all have ever built a fire before? Raise your hand. Maybe around the grill or you're camping out. You know, sometimes you got to get there next to that fire and sometimes you got to get down there and blow on it a little bit. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you got to take a piece of cardboard or something, get there by the grill and, and kind of get the fan and get them coals back going again. It's the same way spiritually. We need, to, we need the spirit of God to breathe on us and blow on us and to refuel us and to start a fire in us, man. We need the Holy Spirit to do that so we can stay on fire for God. I preached Wednesday night. Oh, by the way, by the way, we have a Wednesday night service. <clears throat> Starts at 7 o'clock every Wednesday night. Got a wonderful Royal Ranger Ministry and Impact Ministry here at the church for the kids. Love to have your families come. Didn't know if y'all knew that or not, but Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. This past Wednesday, I preached on Ezekiel and the vision he had from God. How there was some dry and dead bones and the Spirit of the Lord breathed on them. And they came back together and they stood up and they began to walk and march again because they had to fire God. And some of you might be dry spiritually and dead spiritually. It could be today that the Holy Spirit needs to breathe on you and get you back up again and get you walking in the will of God again, get you singing for the Lord, get you praising for the Lord, get you testifying for the Lord again. Come on! Man, 120 people turned their world upside down. Just imagine what we could do if every heart was on fire for God. I'm a burn or bust. Would you stand with me, please? We need a fresh fire. Let me ask you this question before we have the altar call. You don't have to lift your hand, but maybe you're here this morning and you just need a fresh stirring of that fire in your life. You need to fan that flame. I know all, all of us really need it every day. I don't care who you are. We all need to wake up every day and just fan that flame so I can burn for God and have a heart on fire for God. But let me ask you these questions. I know we need to have fire in our lives so these things will be manifested. Maybe you showed up today and you need power. You need that power. You need power. You need power to endure so you can walk out the will of God for your life. It's not going to be easy, I promise you, but with the power of God, He can help you go forward. So you need power today, maybe through a challenge that you're going through, an obstacle that's in front of you, a trial that you face, maybe sickness in your body. I'm going to invite you in just a minute to the altar for you to receive power. Maybe you showed up today. And you need the compassion of God to fill your heart, to love that person in your life that presents that love challenge to you. You know who it is. The Holy Spirit's already talking to you. And you're just having a hard time loving Him. You're having a hard time forgiving Him. You're having a hard time. Listen, the Lord's telling you today, just let it go. Let it go. 
Let it go and just love them and love them and love them and love them and love them. Love them the way God loves them with an unconditional love. And maybe you're here today and you just can't seem to get victory over this thing in your life, this stronghold. And you're lacking self-control. And you need God to give you victory over that thing that just keeps coming up in your life. I don't know what it is, but God, he'll talk to you about it. He'll tell you what it is. If you need power, if you need God's love, if you need self-control, if you just want the flame to burn even brighter in your life, I wish you would just take one step of faith and make your way down here to this altar. Can you do that right now? We want to pray for you. Come on. That's me. I need power. I need love. I need self-control. Come on.